Hey guys, this is Courtney from the Astro Biz Podcast, where we talk about business, astrology, spirituality, and all things woo. Each week, I interview incredible business owners, give you guys astrological updates that are channeled from the heavens, and I also give you guys insights about anything you need to know about spirituality topics. Please don't forget to leave a review if you like these episodes. You guys can always find me under Willow's Bloom on Instagram, YouTube, and on willowsbloom.com. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey guys, so today I wanted to come on and do a totally new episode because I pulled you guys on Instagram and found out that a lot of you are interested in learning about astrology of love and astrology of relationships. And so I just wanted to give you guys a little bit to work with, like a little synopsis of some basic information to get you started without you having to know a ton of astrology. If you don't have your birth chart, if you have never looked at your birth chart before, this episode is definitely not for you. I think that it would be better to start off by learning about how to even read your birth chart, and you can do that over on my YouTube channel, Willow's Bloom. And this is really just going to give you guys a basis for what to look for when it comes to a partner and what you're going to find attractive, the kind of person that you're likely going to end up with, what you need in a marriage if you ever want to get married, and then when that could even happen based off of certain transits going on in your chart. This is not a an easy science, I should say. There's usually a lot of different things going on at once. So this is really just to get your feet wet, just to give you an idea of what you want out of your partnership and what you need. And hopefully this will be helpful for you guys. So let's get started by looking at the basics of what you're looking for in love. So if you're a man, this would be your Venus. Venus represents the woman in the chart. And we don't really have to go based off of gender. It could be more of like the feminine energy and the masculine energy. So it really doesn't matter necessarily the gender. Venus often represents what we desire, what we find attractive, and even how we want to receive affection from our partners. So it it doesn't just have to be the feminine energy, but it can also represent the kind of tone that we desire in the relationship. So for example... If you locate Venus in the chart, you will see with the zodiac sign in the house what you really want in a relationship. So I have Venus and Taurus in the eighth house. And Taurus is a very physical sign and sensual. So like they they operate with their senses. And the eighth house is a very deep house where there can often be like a merging of souls. And so what I actually need from my partner is a lot of physical affection and that's because of these two placements you can see that I feel like we're close like our souls are close through physical touch so if you locate your venus you can find out what you need in a partner and i've been with people in the past and they were maybe less physical than me or had less like uh Maybe they would rely more on like words of affirmation, things like that. And that's wonderful, but that really wasn't what I needed in a relationship. And I feel like this can tell you a lot about what you need because sometimes you don't know the order of priorities. Like you think, oh, words of affirmation, like, yeah, I want that. But then you don't really understand that that maybe would be number three and not number one. And then you figure it out through lots of trial and error. 
Okay, so take a look at your Venus to discover the kind of woman you could end up with or, you know, a feminine partner. Or it could be the way that you want to receive affection in your relationship and just like the overall tone of your relationship. Up next, you should look at Jupiter if you are looking for a man or more of like the masculine energy. So Jupiter in your chart indicates kind of like that partner that you're looking for. So I have Jupiter in the first house in Libra. So I definitely want somebody who gets along with everyone because Libra is the energy of the peacemaker. They're the mediator and they just like, they're just people's people. They want to get along with everyone. It's also in the first house, which is the house of leadership. And so I definitely want someone who's very independent, who is a leader, who can take care of themselves. And you can see that all throughout my chart because I also have Aries in the seventh house. And I'm going to get to that in a minute, but that's a really important indication of the fact that I want a lot of independence within my relationship. And that's super necessary for me. Okay, so the next point that you can look at is Juno. Juno is an asteroid and Juno represents marriage. It represents long-term commitment. So it's not just like your dating life. It's like when you choose your partner, that's the kind of marriage that you want to have with that partner. So this can represent like your loyalty or your faithfulness within a relationship or even what you need to feel satisfied long-term within love and romance. So what do you need to have a successful long-term partnership? You want to locate Juno and find the house and the zodiac sign that it's in. So for me, Juno is in Leo in the 11th house. So a really key aspect of my marriage, again, will have to do with being independent because the 11th house is really about you and friends and other people and your environment. And in this kind of situation, it's not like super focused on just you and your partner, right? So it's like I would need somebody who would also be focused on those things as well. Um, another key aspect of the relationship is likely going to be centered around friendships and also humanitarian work because that's really what the 11th house has to deal with. I also really want somebody who represents sort of like those Leo qualities. I mean, maybe not the person themselves, but like the way that they show up in the relationship. So oftentimes Leos are in within a relationship, very romantic. And so that's not really someone that I've thought I would want to end up with uh, actively, but I definitely feel like that would lead for me to a, a long-term successful partnership. And the reason I didn't think that I would necessarily need a super romantic person is because my Venus is in Taurus, which is super practical. So like there's always this element of me not expecting so, so much out of relationship, but just kind of wanting things to be stable, wanting things to, I guess, be like, yeah, they, they, they show up the same way for me. Like I can rely on them and there's not a whole lot of expectations besides that. But if I want to look at the long, long term and not just you know, a normal couple year relationship, then the romantic element, I suppose, would be an important part of that. Okay, so you also want to look at the fifth house and the seventh house when it comes to your love life. So the fifth house is more like you're dating and this can really indicate what kind of dating life you have, especially if you have certain planets moving through the fifth house, or if you have certain planets in the fifth house, it will indicate how you are in your dating life. So for example, I have I had a reading with somebody 
and she had Gemini in the fifth house. And I can't remember what planet she had there, but it basically indicated to me that she wasn't someone who necessarily liked to settle down, that she would like to date a lot of people. And that's because Gemini has more of this energy of like flitting about and not really committing necessarily. And sometimes people with Gemini in the fifth or the seventh house can indicate having more than one relationship, like more than one marriage, um, definitely more than one dating relationship. So she, I, I did confirm it with her that she was the kind of person who didn't like really serious dating relationships. But if you wanted to look at those serious relationships, you would look at the seventh house because again, the fifth house is dating and like fun and I guess being more romantic, whereas the seventh house is more about long-term partnerships, marriage, and commitment. So the seventh house is super important for relationships because it's opposite the ascendant. The ascendant is the first house. It represents yourself and your identity. And the seventh house is kind of like everything that you don't intrinsically have. It's like the things that you want in other people and you want in a relationship because it sort of like completes you in a way. It's not that you don't have these elements necessarily, but they're less part of your identity. It obviously depends on other factors in the chart. If you have your sun or or a bunch of planets in the seventh house, that wouldn't be the case. But for me, I have no planets in the seventh house. So I really do lack some of those Aries qualities of being like very fiery and opinionated or very bold. Like that doesn't really match my personality. And so my last relationship, he actually had Aries in his first house. And it worked really well because I really admired those leadership qualities in him that I didn't necessarily have in myself. And so things that you can look for would be the the sign that's in the seventh house and on the seventh house cusp to indicate kind of like what you want or need in your partnership. So I have Aries in the seventh house for most of it, but actually on the cusp, which is like that very first line of the seventh house, uh, I had Pisces. And so part of what I need in a relationship is independence because of Aries, but then also a more romantic and soulful attraction with Pisces. Pisces is like spirituality and coming together with a partner on a deep soul level. And so that's really something that I think I need for a long-term partnership is somebody who can be there with me on a soul level and maybe even be spiritual themselves. So what about if I want to look at somebody's chart and see if we're compatible? Well, there's so much to this that I honestly can't even get started and I haven't dive dove super deep into this myself yet so I don't want to give you guys a bunch of information that's not true but I do have some interesting things that I wanted to just bring up so if you want to see if someone's compatible of course you need their birth time and you need to create a like a chart like two charts together composite chart so you have yours in the in the center and theirs on the outside, and you can see how the planets align with each other. One of the biggest things for compatibility is looking at where their Mars is located and your Mars is located. So Mars indicates sexual chemistry. So you want there to be some like sexual tension between Mars and another one of your planets. And so that's a really key indicator to look at, and you guys can explore that even more on your own. Another really interesting thing for me is to look at the south node because that can indicate karmic relationships that have shown up from past lives. So for example, 
there was a key indicator in my chart and one of my good friend chart, good friends charts, and both of us had a self, our self nodes aligned with one of the one of one of the other person's major planets. I think it was South Node in Venus. To me, this indicated that we knew each other in a past life. And I can for sure say that I think that is the truth. I mean, I guess I can't for sure say anything about past lives, right? But I I definitely feel that since I've met her, since I've known her, we've just really clicked. And we, yeah, it just like is one of those things that you know that you've known each other. So that's a really fun thing to look at. So those are some basics of like what you're looking for and how to see if you are compatible. There's a lot more on the compatibility thing. I'll probably make another episode on that once I've dove in much deeper into it. But those are the basics. And I kind of want to talk a little bit about when you can expect a relationship. Again, this is where things get a little bit dicey because normally we need more than one indicator that something like that is going to happen. So you don't want to just look at a chart and see like one transit and then think, oh, that means this because sometimes it can mean something else. So normally we want like a couple of things indicating like three or more indicating that there's a relationship or there's a pregnancy or there's a marriage and it has to have more of like this serious feel. So one of that's one of the things that is less serious is your Venus return. Your Venus return is basically just when Venus comes back around to the spot it was when you were born. So if you look at your chart, you can see where Venus is located and then you can create another chart on the outside of it and then see where Venus is at. So for example, Venus was in Taurus when I was born, but Venus right now is in Gemini. So back in May or a little while ago, <laughs> Venus returned to its spot when it was where it was when I was born. And so this is like a very loving time. It's so funny because I looked back on the day that my ex and I officially got together because we were like kind of dating, but I didn't want to, I guess, admit that we were a relationship yet. And then the day that Venus returned to its spot where, where it was when I was born was the day that I said, yeah, I want to, I want to be together like officially. And it's funny because, um, I didn't actually know that that was the Venus return until many months later. So that's that can be an indication of like a positive relationship-oriented uh, transit, but it's it's less intense because Venus moves very quickly around the birth chart. And so it doesn't indicate really big changes. It just kind of indicates more love and more positivity. And since it's a relationship planet, you will see stuff around relationships come up during like Uh, aspects or transits to your Venus or your Venus return. Okay. And then really big transits, like things that make a big difference, um, typically are coming with the planet Saturn because Saturn is like more serious, more responsibility. It's where we tend to have more commitment. So oftentimes you can see somebody going through a marriage or deciding to commit further when Saturn transits the seventh house. And this could also be the same for Jupiter because it represents the man. um, And those are a little bit slower moving planets. Saturn takes like two and a half years to move through a sign and Jupiter takes a year to move through a sign. And so you're seeing more commitment come up when these slightly more rare events take place. So if Saturn's moving to your seventh house, you can notice that there's going to be likely a big change in your love life where you are getting divorced or you're getting married, something like 
that. Or it could just mean that honestly, things are a little bit more serious at home and a little bit more intense in your marriage life if you're already with somebody. So it just indicates kind of like this this heavy energy, which can mean that it's heavy in a good way, like heavy weighted, heavy responsibility, heavy commitment, or heavy in a negative way of, you know, this energy is no longer serving me and it feels heavy kind of thing. Okay. Another interesting point that I honestly have not explored in depth, so I don't feel very confident giving you guys much information about it, but I wanted to bring it up because I thought it was so cool, was the vertex. So I've looked into this a bit, but I still don't have like a full grasp on it. But the vertex is basically this point on your chart that indicates destined destined or fated meetings. So a lot of times, this specific this specific point on your chart will be activated when you're meeting a soulmate, when you're meeting someone who is a karmic partner. And I guess it doesn't necessarily have to mean like your forever person, but it can indicate a very important relationship and something that your soul signed up for before it came down here, of course. And so when there is a specific important transit to the vertex, that can indicate, you know, a big relationship coming to fruition. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be dating. It's like the day that you meet that person, the vertex will be activated. Um, and then, of course, you can always look at Jupiter transits, like a Jupiter return, Jupiter, like I said, going to the seventh house, or even just the fifth house. You could be meeting someone who is fun and lighthearted and maybe not necessarily ending up with that person quite yet. So those are some really basics about love astrology. I hope that's enough to get you guys started. I know I'm talking super fast. And if you're not familiar with astrology, then this is probably like, whoa, that's too much. So if it is, just go ahead and uh, check out my YouTube channel because I have a lot easier videos on there. I break things down more. I have more visuals. So it'll be so much easier for the beginner to take a look at. But I thought that this would be fun if you guys have a little bit of experience and you want to do some more research about any of the points that really interest you. So thank you guys so much. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a review because that's how everyone is going to actually see it. So I appreciate it so much and I hope you have a good day. Thank you guys so much for staying tuned to that episode. I really hope that you enjoyed it. And if you did, please leave a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this. Also, don't forget to check out willowsbloom.com to book an astrology reading or to join my business astrology course. I can't wait to see you guys there. Have a great one. Bye.